today's scripture reading comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. You may follow along on the screen above, in your bulletins, or on your phones. Hear now the word of God. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over to see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Amen. Hello, New Mercy Edgewater. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to put this down. Sorry. There you go. Hello, New Mercy Edgewater. Um, my name is Christine. And for those of you who don't know me, I've been serving uh, New Mercy as an intern since January, along with Pastor Chris and Pastor Josh. You may, um, you may usually see me up here playing the keys. But today, um, yeah, I just have the honor of just uh, sharing my story and sharing God's story. Uh, thank you, praise team, so much for worship. That was so good. I don't know what you guys thought, but I was really blessed. And thank you, Eddie. You have such a nice voice. Um. <laughs> oh, no, Eddie, for the word of the, the sermon. <laughs> All right. So I'm learning just so much at New Mercy, um, just to share a little bit about uh, this internship, you know, about practical hands-on ministry, about uh, relationships with people, especially those who are older than me, um, and about who God is, most importantly. And I really feel like God's hand is on this church as a whole and on, like, the internship program, too. And I'm just so grateful and thankful for opportunities like this where I get to serve with you guys, like, go on missions. You know, I just came back from China and India with Mercy Global, and it was awesome. And I'm just so thankful that I get to learn with you guys in that way. And I also get to preach. I feel like my time of exploring my call, I believe, is maximized here. And I believe that that's what God wants for all of us, uh, for our time here on earth to be maximized. And I believe that's by responding to God and living out his call. Hence why the title of my sermon is Here I Am, Living Out His Call. And that is what I want to share with you, 
how I believe I'm living out God's call right now, um, and how I plan to stay constant and faithful in doing so. Before we jump in, let's pray. God, I believe and have faith that this word was given for all of us, including myself. I pray for all of us that your word will go from head and ear to the heart. We pray that your word remains, especially in the test of everyday life, that we don't only listen to you when we need to, but especially when we feel like we don't need to. Thank you for being a good and faithful, loving father. And I pray that we all leave this place tasting and seeing that you are a good, good father and that you are good even when we're not. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one of the reasons why I chose to come to New Mercy is because of this year's theme. Uh, yeah, it's right here. It's called Here I Am Living Out God's Call. And, you know, I chose New Mercy because I went to the website, and it was really nice, and I saw the graphics and the banners. Uh, shout out to the media ministry. Woo! But here, to, uh, back to here I am, uh, I saw how that would be aligned with the season that I was in at the time and right now and in the future. And just to share a little bit uh, of my story to open up, you know, I, I really didn't know anything about Jersey um, a lot of people say that I have an accent. So I'm not from Jersey. I'm from Queens, New York. And, and when I think about Jersey, all I thought was King Sauna and, like, how amazing it is to, like, spend the whole day there and, you know, take out your um, <laughs> bad stuff. But that's about it, right? I, I come from a very urban setting where there are little Korean churches on every corner. And... You know, it's so little that just every member counted. When I was back in youth group in my church, I remember when, like, more than 15 people came to church, we used to take, like, group pictures, right? And we would put up on MySpace, be like, 18 people came out to church today, yay! I, I remember that. You know, it's because they're, like, it's so small that every head counts. And as for me, uh, as the pastor's kid, of a little church like that. Um, it was hard seeing my parents suffer because less people means whatever they're doing is not successful because every head counted. So I felt like I had to stay to help my parents no matter what. Right? And I wanted to show them that even if people aren't faithful and they end up leaving, coming and going, that I will be faithful. My dad used to tell me that, um, that he wanted a son and not a daughter. Um, and I wanted to show him that I could be better than a son, that I could be the perfect, faithful daughter. You know, never did I think that I would leave my father's church and be here right now, standing in front of you living out God's call, despite what I thought was right and what I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. 
If you take a look at our bulletin, um, there's a description of this year's theme in the middle. It's really long, but um, it's a good read, and I hope you guys really read it. Uh, but let me briefly explain the description in my own words. First, let me say three phrases in that uh, description stand out so strong to me, and they are countercultural, surrender, and obedience in that order. You know, with these words in mind, when I think of here I am, I can't help but think that the words here I am means surrendering to God. You know, a lot of time the world says, follow your heart, believe in yourself. Sure, that, that can work, right? But if you're not in true godly surrender to God and you tell yourself that, it means you're your own God. And to God, it's like you're a little child telling your mom and your dad that you know best. You know, honestly, for me, I only see naivety and pride in those words. And it goes against the words like, here I am. Because in reality, when you tell God, here I am, you're also giving up your thoughts, what you think is good for you, and your right to be right. You're letting God be God, as a little child should let their parents be parents. And when you say, here I am, you're saying, God, I'm trusting that you know best because you made me, and I'm going to follow you and only you. Here I am, are words of surrender. And I, and I just want to... I just want you to see the intensity of these words, right? And I ask that you just don't throw it around lightly just because it's our theme. You know, you, you've probably heard a lot of people say this as they share their testimonies or in their sermons. You know, they, a lot of people, they say like, oh, God is so funny, right? And people usually say that because God does what he wants and people don't end up getting their own way. And, and I agree Right? I believe God is so funny sometimes that sometimes I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, God, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> right? But he's up there letting you have it because sometimes things happen because you prayed or you sang songs for it like today for it to happen. You just forgot that you prayed or, or that you sang about it. So, yes, I believe God is funny, but let's go beyond that. I believe God is a God that takes you and your prayers and your songs seriously. Because he's serious about you. When you say words like, here I am, God's going to take your word for it. Ready or not. Because here I am are words of surrender. If we look at today's passage, we read about Moses, right? And even the famous, the great Moses wasn't ready for it too. In fact, as a runaway, um, he was in a safe place. And he was shepherding and doing his thing. And, you know, he was just pretty content with where he was at. And then God called him by name. Two times, Moses, Moses. And he responds. And what does he say? He says, here I am. 
Let's look at that scene for a moment. I believe Moses sought the burning bush. In chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, it says, So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, so this was after Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses was curious, and he had uh, interest to go see. You know, it's like when people visit churches, they have some kind of interest, some kind of thought that there might be something more to life than just getting by. And God has that kind of effect. Sometimes we're struck by interest and wonder, right? And then the question comes down to, this is one of my favorite questions for myself too, is what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about that wonder? Are you going to seek more? Or are you going to pass by it although you know it's there? Moses saw it. 100%, like most of us here. We see the nice new mercy signs in the front, and we're interested, and we seek it. We seek it. Moses saw it, and he responded. He said, here I am, just like our theme, just like most of us here. So God took him up on it, like we read. He said, okay, Moses, you responded, so I want you to go back to Egypt and get my people out. Okay, go. And you would expect for God to be like, uh, for Moses to be like, okay, God, here I am, I'm going to live out God's call. But let's see how Moses responds to that. Um, I actually didn't put it in today's reading because people were telling me that it was too long, so I cut it out. But let me just shorten it for you. Instead of seeing Moses saying, okay, God, here I am, we see Moses talking out of it, making excuses. He's saying, look, God, this isn't funny anymore. I can't do it. You got the wrong guy. Send someone else to do it. Now, this is where the real uh, struggle is. The words, here I am, have to become more than just words. Saying it is easy, but acting on it is where it's at. It's hard. When you say, here I am, it's meant to be followed up on in every moment and in every choice you get. And at this moment in this scene, God is actually testing to see if Moses will surrender himself fully as a lifting sacrifice. Because here I am are words of surrender. But still, Moses says, God, I can't. Please send someone else. What's fascinating to me is how God responds, right? He doesn't say, oh, that's okay, Moses, there, there, right? He doesn't let you wallow up in self-pity. 
He also doesn't say, no, Moses, you got this. Believe in yourself. You can do it. Yeah. You know what God says goes beyond all of that. He says, I can do it. I am who I am. I am the one who sees all. I am the one who is going to deliver my people, not you. I am the God of your fathers, and I am the God of miracles. But like I said, it's not that easy. We still see Moses not being able to take his eyes off himself and putting, put them on God. You know, if I were God, I would have been so frustrated, like, good thing I'm not God. Like, thank you, Lord, I'm not you, right? <laughs> like, I would have been like, come on. I'm revealing myself to you as a, a burning bush right now, and it's not even burning up. And I'm even revealing my plans and my promises to you right now. And all you got to do is give in and go, and I'll use you. Because I can do it. So with that in mind, if you look deeper into why Moses is saying those things, let's take it one step further, right? He's saying, God, you got it wrong. God, I know myself better than uh better than you and I can't do it. Does it sound familiar? Because it does to me. It sounds like me. Sometimes we let our insecurities be louder than God. And it leads to us thinking that we're right. That we know ourselves better than even God does. And that's pride. So a lot of people write on this quote uh, that says, God doesn't give me more than I can handle. Right? Have you guys heard that before? I have. So I, I think a lot of people heard it. <laughs> God doesn't give me more than I can handle. But let's look at Moses and the Red Sea. And I know that is in our passage, but so let me give you a little context. So Moses ends up going to Egypt. And he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, uh, after uh, a few plagues and a few uh, bad things, uh, Pharaoh lets them go. And the Israelites and, and Moses is on their way out. And then Pharaoh somehow changes his mind. And then, and then him and the Egyptians, they just chase after them. Right? And they're running and they're running and they come to a stop. And in front of them, there's a big, vast sea. Moses was at the end of the road. If he turned back, the Egyptians would have killed them. If he moved forward, they would have drowned in the sea. And when you look at this story, God placed them in an impossible situation, which shows that he does give you more than you can handle. I believe God places us in impossible situations where we come to the end of our own resources so that we will go to the beginning of his. 
I, I, that's tweetable. Someone tweet that right now. <laughs> Let me say it again. I believe God places us in impossible situations where we come to the end of our own resources so that we go to the beginning of his. Here in this scene, Moses had to take his eyes off himself and his own resources so he can look up and place his eyes on God. And what happens? The Red Sea splits. It splits. That's impossible. Only God can do that. So the way God answers us is not answering to our inadequacies, but by saying, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I am who I am. And that's what godly surrender of oneself is. Taking our eyes uh, off ourselves and putting them on God. Because in godly surrender, um, you overcome, you grow, and you thrive. When you say, here I am, there are words of surrender. Godly surrender. So I told you, this is my favorite question, right? So the question to that, for myself, for all of us here is, what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So what? In surrender, we are also called to take action. We are called to obey. And to be obedient, you need to know who you're surrendering to and who you're obeying. And that's the great I am. And when, then to encourage you, when you say, here I am, to a God like that, that can split the Red Sea, you're also surrendering uh, to a life full of love, full of freedom, and full of joy. <laughs> I'm not saying go to missions or, like, do something right away, right? I'm saying... Surrendering is an everyday discipline and practice. It's choosing to surrender in the little things that can help you grow. And it starts with uh, truth encounters where you replace lies, like where you're not good enough or you can't do it, or even things like you're not forgiven and you replace that with truth. Truth that you are loved and you were worth God's one and only son. Or it's like living a life of, uh, to be specific and more practical, living a life of simplicity where you surrender money and that you trust that God will provide. It's living a life uh, with the practice of spiritual disciplines um, simplicity, living a life of simplicity is spiritual discipline, um, along with praying, fasting, meditating, confessing, celebrating, which all leads to surrender. Uh, by the way, I'll be teaching a course in September called Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, so if you want to practice that with me and just 
and you know fight for it and choose surrender every day, um, yeah, you could take it. <laughs> um, it requires a lot of sacrifice. Dying to self and surrender of oneself. But when you say words like, here I am, that's what you're expected to do. But when you get to heaven, and it's, it's hard, but when you get to heaven and you hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, it's going to be worth it all. Because our prize is heavenward. You know, the world tells you that surrender is bad. You're losing, and it's not good to lose. But in the kingdom of God, it's good to lose, because then you're actually winning. You're winning freedom, joy, and a big and mighty God that can split the Red Sea on your side. And I believe that life with God can be fun and surrender and even in hardships and trials. You know, it's hard to see sometimes. And there may be times when you go through these trials because it requires, you know, things like fun things like sacrifice and death of oneself. I know it sounds so fun. But I believe that that is where there is the most joy. So I'm going to take you back to my story that I opened up with, where I felt stuck in my church. Uh, not really stuck, but I wanted to stay because I, w I wanted to help my father. You know, I believed it was right to stay because there were good intentions behind it. Right? I wanted to help them grow. But God had other thoughts. He said, Go to seminary. And he sent me there. And I was like, wow, you know, I can take what I learned there and I could bring it back to my church and that's going to grow the church like, I don't know, a lot. <laughs> and he, but then even at that, he showed me how much I was focused on the goal and not on him. And I was not only idolizing my goal, but my parents as well. He showed me how much can be done there without me and through other people. And he wanted to show my parents to not trust in me to grow the church, but to trust in him. So he wanted me to have faith and leave. So I said, here I am, God, lead me. And doors just started opening. My question was, you know, am I going to take that step in entering those doors? The good news is God is a gentle father. And he encouraged me, and I stepped into the doors. And I got a chance to speak uh, before I came to New Mercy um, at PCNJ uh, for their youth group for one Sunday. And God offered a youth pastor job there. And I was like, wow, that's my call to go to PCNJ, be the youth pastor there. You know, and I also, at school, I had Pastor Chris and Hera telling me about our church and the great internship program we offer. 
but most importantly, the most important door that God opened was a door to my father's heart. You know, when I, when I felt like he wanted me to leave, I knew I had to tell my father. And I was so scared. I was so scared. And, and I was scared to just, like, confront him in that way. I, I guess confront is not that much of a good word, but to talk to him about it. And I was honestly scared to leave my comfort zone. I like Queens. I like Flushing. And I think, I think my church is cute. It's, it's small, but it's cute. You know? I didn't want to leave my comfort zone. But God kept telling me it's going to be okay. So I said, okay, God, here I am. So I took the step in talking to my father. And it was, the conversation only lasted 10 minutes. But that 10 minutes was the most liberating and loving conversation I ever had with my father, as my father and not as a senior pastor. Oh God, Pastor Josh cried too. <laughs> I don't want to set a trend. <laughs> and as my father blessed me to do God's will I saw God's hand in everything And I saw that God had been moving just everywhere around me, even before I said, here I am. In this case, my father's heart. You know, even coming to New Mercy, I had to pray. Um, the youth pastor job offered me a lot. Enough to help me survive as a student, a broke student, like I'm so broke. <laughs> but God was more interested in my heart. I saw the tagline for New Mercy, and it said, Church for the Broken. And I saw how much that aligned with the season that I was in. The season where I was trying to break out of performance and perfection break out of the expectation that I had to be the perfect daughter for my father and I had to stay in that church. So here I am uh, in your mercy, in surrender, in obedience, you know, trusting that God will provide resources um, and that he will lead me to him, that he will lead me to him. That's my goal. That should be all our goals, to always go back to his presence. And it's not easy. Like I said, it's practicing discipline. I have to constantly surrender every day. All the little moments and all the big moments. You know, at one point I used to be like, God, I'm in seminary. 
not going for what I wanted. Isn't that enough? And their answer is always no. Because there is always more room for freedom. And I choose freedom. And in surrender, there is freedom. Can we ask um, Andrew to come up right now? I don't know what God is asking you to surrender right now. It may be our resources, like money. But what I do know for sure is that we're always called to surrender ourselves. Whether that be in things like pride, our wants, our desires. And to surrender, we need to start. We need to start by repenting. We need to start by repenting and turning from our ways. And if we go back to Moses, Moses ended up lifting his eyes from himself to God. And if you read uh, near the end of Exodus, you see that Moses had the most intimate relationship with God. He was called God's friend. God spoke to him face to face. And that's what we should aim for. That should be our goal. That kind of intimacy where God will show his glory. Because that's what true freedom is. And it starts from surrender. With that, my question to you and to myself every day is where are you now? Are you still at the burning bush making excuses and delaying choices? Or are you listening and are you on your way to Egypt? And surrender, living out your call faithfully and in full trust in God. Are you living out God's call to surrender and to obey? Let's pray.